From the Bible Chapel comes a new podcast, Fresh Faith. Over the years, Ron Moore has received many questions and has heard some great stories of what God is doing in the lives of people at our church. We've heard the questions and love the stories, and we're so excited to share them with you. Hey, thanks for joining us on So Here's What I'd Like to Know. Hey, we're going to do something a little different today. What I'd like to do is read a story to you, and then we're going to talk to the author of this story. And I think it's something a lot of you are going to be able to relate to. Listen to this. Catching my breath feels impossible. I breathe in deeply, but my lungs don't seem to fully expand. It's not necessarily painful, just uncomfortable and terrifying. There's pressure from an unknown source heavy on my chest. Will it last forever? What caused this? My brain is foggy. I'm looking for answers and seem to go nowhere. I imagine myself wandering around aimlessly, not even sure what I'm looking for, but understanding with each step that I won't find it. Those are some pretty heavy words, and we have the author of those words with us. Maria Stockman is with us, who normally facilitates uh, our podcast, but today you're on the other side of the microphone. Maria, thank you for uh, thank you for being willing to do this. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. So anxiety, you describe this. Catching my breath feels impossible. Um, there's pressure from an unknown source heavy on my chest. Um, you say I imagine myself wandering around aimlessly, not sure what I'm looking for, but understanding with each step that I won't find it. Talk about that. That's your description of anxiety. What what does that look like and what's it feel like when, when you write those words? Yeah, so I think that I'm sure everyone's experiences are probably similar, you know, in some sense, and then also very unique to um, the cause or, or whatever situation they're going through. But I know for me, as I have struggled with anxiety for years, um, one of the things that um, when I'm in that kind of depths of it, I... It's something I can't, I really don't understand until I'm on the other side of it, but I always feel like I'm looking for something and I'm never, I'm not satisfied in it. Like there's nothing I, I'm actually grasping for. So I know that I'm not ever going to find what I'm looking for because I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for relief. And so it just feels like this, um, you know, you're spinning kind of out of control. And and I think that's a really, um, that word control is something I just, I never feel like I have it. So I can't really, um, I can't move from that position or that spot. Mm-hmm. You know, anxiety can come in a lot of different ways. And um, I have uh, I've talked to I've talked to guys and they said, you know, I was I was just like going great guns. And then all of a sudden I couldn't get out of bed. Uh, I, I remember talking to one guy. He said, you know, I, I, I would ride my bike. I rode my bike all the time. And one day I rode it. I, I, I had to walk it up the hill. I couldn't get up. I've had other people who literally um, told me that they they were out riding or running and they got stuck and had to call someone to come and get them. There's a well-known uh, pastor, a, a guy that uh, uh, still has a great ministry, and and uh, and he and he has uh, many sermons and 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 writing on this. That that again, he was like going and going and going, and then and then he couldn't he couldn't move anymore. And so, you know, we're not going to look at this from a medical standpoint, although we might talk about some helps for that. Sure. Uh, we certainly are not. Uh, 
counselors or psychologists uh, or, or, or um, psychiatrists by any stretch. But, but I know a lot of people are impacted by this. And Maria, this is something that you've struggled with most of your life, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I think I've always been a, a worrier and mm-hmm. uh, always wanted to know what if, you mm-hmm. know. So I was always, I, I, I was always, yeah, felt uneasy in that sense. So, um, you know, worrying and those types of things, certainly they, they, they come our way. But anxiety is deeper than that, right? It's 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 um, it's heavier than that. It's not just man. I'm I'm really worried about this situation, and then the situation comes and goes. Anxiety can hit kind of at any time. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really interesting what you said, um, talking about some other people that you've had interactions with and how they um, are are moving and moving and moving, and then they almost are incapacitated or paralyzed by this. And um, it's interesting because I have felt. Um, and this is like I said earlier, I think people have different um, responses to anxiety, but I was never like that. I honestly don't know if anyone knew how badly I was struggling with anxiety mm-hmm. because I am a go-getter and I am, am task-oriented and I want to just move forward. But on the inside, I was eating myself alive with this worry. Mm-hmm. And there were just it, it was back to that just thinking of things that I can't control. Um, and I know that for a lot of people, um, and like we said, we would talk about this just a little bit, but, you know, a lot of times um, anxiety can be brought on by outside circumstances, but it can also be brought on by chemical imbalances. Mm-hmm. And I am all for speaking to counselors, speaking to doctors, and getting the help that is deemed appropriate. I think that God has put people in paths in our lives for reasons, and I think that um, there's just some things that, while prayer is going to be so helpful, also taking a step and and helping yourself and in, in seeking outside sources um, is really good too. Um, and I have found. Uh, I don't want to say relief, but I found, yeah, I guess relief would be the right word um, in taking some of those avenues. So, yeah, like I said, I, I feel like I was walking with anxiety and no one knew. I was at work and I was uh, doing all the things that I was supposed to do. I was able to get up. I mean, I was still actively working out. I was eating healthy. I was, you know, spending time with friends and certainly being in a Christian environment. I had a core group and there was a group of people that were walking alongside me with this. They knew what was happening and they were praying for me. And I will never forget. I mean, so... My sister is a pharmacist, so she knows about the the, the uses for drugs and the, and how helpful they are. She knows when you should be on things. You know, she's just she was such a great encourager to me. But for a year, my sister would say to me, Maria, have you gone to the doctor? Have you talked to a counselor? And she just kept pushing me and pushing me in with so much love. Uh, and she wasn't um, doing it in a matter-of-fact way. She wasn't preaching to me. She wasn't, you know, um, chastising me for not taking that step. She just carefully walked alongside of me with that. And it was like finally one day it clicked for me. So I think I want to be encouraging to people that are either walking in this or walking alongside someone to not give up because this is something that you can't really put your finger on inside. And I even right now, I feel like I'm struggling explaining what it is because it's something that it's just hard to hold on to. And I think that's why and that's what it kind of feels like. You're you're almost like when you are at the beach and you take up your hands with sand, like and it falls through. That's kind of how this feels like. I can't really grab it and explain to you what it is. Well, I think one of the things that you say that that, that uh, I really like is, you know, anxiety isn't a isn't a one size fits all kind of deal. Like we can't right. say, you know, uh, this is the definition of because 
uh, sometimes uh, it is paralyzing. Sometimes it's a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, like you say, it's 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 a it's it's a, a, a gnawing or or um, um, a, a turning, a churning inside, yeah. even while you're going about your business. And then other people say, I, I can't go about my business. I can't get out of bed. Right. Um, one of the things I I, I just want to I want to make this clear. So we're having uh, two grandbabies, and uh, we were told, go get your flu shot, mm-hmm. and go get your is it Tdap, whatever the tetanus. Shot is I don't know what it is. I don't but know. Tap makes yeah. your arm sore than the flu shot. I know right. that. Uh, so we went and got those. We would be foolish not to do that. Right. If a person had, um, you know, an um, a bad cold or sinus infection, you go to the doctor and you get the medication you that you need. Right. Uh, the uh, uh, you know the antibiotic to fight that. If you have cancer, you take. Uh, chemo or radiation or whatever the doctor prescribes. But when it comes to this, more um, uh, some, some mental things that, we've, that we put in that mental. So we have the physical, right? Mm-hmm. And we put the, some mental things. You know, I got, a lot of people say, oh, I can't go. That would be, that would be um, a lack of faith or that would be not depending on God if I go get the help I need. And I've seen people, you know, they'll go, they'll get on the medication they need, which there's nothing wrong with that. And then they start feeling better. And then they say, oh, I'm feeling better. I don't need it. Or they hear or read or something. Oh, you know, if you're really spiritual, you just depend on God and and and, and stop taking that. And then, man, right back down into the tubes again. Or I don't say tubes. Right back down again because— They've, they've gotten off of the thing that helps him. So I, I just want to be clear as we're talking about this. Again, anxiety comes in all different shapes and sizes and, and different things, and you've said that well. I want you to talk about that in a second. But also, if a person needs to take medication for a, spiritual, for, for a, um, a, a, a chemical imbalance or something going on, that's not an, an unspiritual thing to do. And so we got to work through that. That's not unspiritual to get the help you need. Yeah, and I so and that wasn't that wasn't necessarily my hang up. It but it was more like um I, I think there was kind of a gnawing feeling like I must be doing something wrong, like I must not be faithful. So so yeah, I guess maybe there was a little bit of that kind of thinking, oh well I also really I, I thought I don't want to be dependent on a medicine. This could change who I am. And there are, you hear horror stories, absolutely. And sometimes you might have to get it right. But I will say for me personally, and this is something that I would strongly encourage and support if you are walking down this path and you do go to the route of, of, of taking medicine, I would never, again, not a medical doctor, I would suggest that you couple that with counseling. I would never recommend to do the medicine without the counseling. You can certainly do the counseling without the medicine, but that's between you and your doctor, you and your counselor. For me, it was really important that I was with a Christian counselor, and this woman walked through this with me. She knew I was on medicine. She knew that I, um, what dosage I was on, and it was something that we worked together. I was super honest with her. I mean, that's what I went to see her for. Mm-hmm. I, I told her the raw details of why I felt like this, the ugly things that I wouldn't 
say to just anybody. It was such a safe place. And that was so powerful for her to walk through that with me, give me godly biblical Christian advice, and to also know that there was something that I was able to um, not only to take on a daily basis that would kind of bring me to a place where I could rationally think. And that's for me, my experience was that my thoughts were not rational um, when I walked through anxiety in, in the depths. And um, and she really helped me see that. And so that was just something I would just strongly encourage you to do counseling and and please do it with a Christian counselor. I think that it will change the way you think about counseling mm-hmm. because I mean, God is the great counselor. Like he gives us that wisdom and he has people set um, in positions and jobs today that that he has gifted that to to them. And I think why not take advantage of that and walk with them and do that? We're talking about anxiety and we're talking to Maria Stockman, who um, has written a great blog on this. You can go on our, our website and Maria will put a link uh, to that with this uh, podcast. Um, we 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 want to make sure that uh, those of you listening, and there are going to be some that this really resonates with, um, that, um, you know, uh, you can get the help you need through, as Maria has just said, through a good counselor. And if you need a good counselor, we're happy to, to give you a list of people that have been vetted and that are biblical counselors. You don't, you don't want to go to just anyone, but you want to go to a biblical counselor who's going to really tie it into Scripture and be able to give you the help that you need. Um, you know, going to a counselor, we have to realize that we need some help. And while none of us want to say that, all of us can say that. And I, I think it's so important for us to say, man, it's not a, it's not a stigma to go to a counselor or it's not a stigma to get the help we need. This is the beautiful uh, gift that God has given to someone to help us think through, um, think through how we're thinking and help us uh, really see some of maybe the underlying things that are going on and, uh, if need be, get us to uh, a medical doctor, as you say, a medical doctor and a counselor together uh, to provide the right uh, medication that we need. So this is not a spiritual failure or you know, some people talk about demonic uh, issues here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about just, uh, you know, the way people are wired and some things that, that happen uh, uh, in, their, uh, in their lives that maybe trigger some of the chemical imbalances and the anxiety. So um, that's the first part of it. And the second part of it is uh, God is a great physician, and he is the great counselor, as you just said. So, Maria, you talk about some of the things that you would say— uh, you've done that, uh, things you've done that have encouraged you as you've kind of dealt with this anxiety uh, in your own life? So for me, one of the things that I struggle with the most um, when I'm in the the depths of the anxiety, but also just um, as a broken person that needs to be redeemed by Jesus Christ, like something that I struggle with is my identity. Um, I have... um, just a past that kind of has shaped some of the things in my life that, um, unfortunately, I believe the lie that I'm worthless sometimes. And so Mm. when I'm going through anxiety, 
that just is magnified. And I just feel like, well, why would anyone want to be around me? Why would anyone want to talk to me or be my friend and so on and so forth? And I just have um, had to create create a kind of a mantra that I will just say to myself over and over and over in my head. And ironically, it is safe with two S's. Mm-hmm. I remind myself mostly um, the, the safe with two S's is that you're safe in Christ, so you're significant, you're secure, you're accepted, forgiven, and empowered. The significance was what I really needed to hear, that in Christ I am significant. So even if the whole world thought that I was the worst person, and it's not even, no one was telling me this. I don't mm-hmm. think I was living a life where anyone would come and say, you're insignificant or you're you're just not worth my time. I don't, I don't think that, but I... I don't think that's what my outside, per- like the outside world was perceiving me as, but that is what I thought in the inside. And that is what I believed as truth. And so I would just beat myself up. I didn't need anyone to tell me anything because I was telling myself the worst of the worst inside. And so I would just put, try to remind myself that my identity is in Christ. And at the end of the day, Jesus Christ died to save me. And if it was only for me that he died, that would have been worth it. Mm-hmm. That's how important he sees me. That's how much he values me. And that was just one of those things. It didn't fix how I felt about the the overall anxiety, but it fixed how I would start to reshape the way I would think about myself. And when I would feel or when I would hear my my inside voice saying like, well, you're worthless. This is why things don't go the way you want them. Mm-hmm. I would just be able to kind of tell myself, no, like I know the truth and I know that I'm significant in Jesus Christ because of what he has done on the cross for me. And that was just something that was so powerful that and I even today, I mean, I'm in a not in a place where I'm struggling like in an everyday way with anxiety um, because of the steps that I've taken. But that's something I still remind myself, like I need to know that I am significant um, and that Jesus Christ sees me as significant regardless of what the outside world sees me. So that was one of the big things that um, helped me walk through that that yeah. situation. Identity in Christ is such an important truth of Scripture. And as you said, you know, it, it's it. You know, there are a lot of uh, positive thinking type things where you, you know, you put something on your mirror, and every day you say, you know, I am, I can do this, 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 and this. The thing I like about, I love about safe is it's grounded in scripture. Every one right. of them, right? So I'm significant because Jesus says I am. Right. I'm secure uh, because Jesus died for me, and and it the works on Him. I, it, I'm not depending on myself. Uh, I'm accepted as His child. And uh, he he knows more about me than I. I mean, he, I I know enough about myself uh, to to get anxious, right, or right. or even down. But he knows he knows me inside and out, and accepts me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, forgiven, you know. There are so many people who whose lives are 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 just they they feel like they have to live a spiritual life on a lower shelf because they've done something in their past. And God's not going to forgive that. And we all have regrets. We would have done things differently. But the beautiful thing is that God says he takes our sins and he hides them behind his back. He throws them in the in the depths of the sea. He separates them as far as the east is from the west. He remember he remembers our sins no more. We we have a hard time forgetting our sins. And sometimes we can't. Yeah. He he chooses the one who is omniscient, knows everything there is to know about everything there is to know. He chooses to remember our sins no more. So the first thing is so significant, thinking about our identity in Christ. In him, we are chosen, we are saved, uh, we are a child of God, we'll always be significant, secure, accepted, forgiven, 
empowered. I was reading something the other day, and they said, you know, that's the best description of what it means to be a child of God. I am in Christ. Right. I am I am safe in him. So that's one thing that you um, – uh, that's very encouraging, uh, Maria, and that's one thing that uh, that you work through. Uh, talk about some other things. Yeah, so I think that one of the passages that, you know, if you're worried or you're anxious, you know, there's a few that, that people are going to go to, but the Matthew 6, 25 to 43, you know, that's that typical, the all too familiar, don't worry passage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of one of those things where, you know, whenever you're like, you know, someone passes away or just dealing with hard time, like someone shoots out some scripture and you're just like, that is not what I need right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I, to me, like that was what that passage was. And so I remember my counselor, she kind of starts talking about this passage and I'm kind of starting to like glaze over like, okay, here she goes. But she said, Maria, do you hear what this is actually saying? So she said that God doesn't want us to worry about the future because that's in the unknown and he is taking care of that. So she said, every time you think about things that haven't happened and all those what ifs, that's the enemy taking you there. God isn't going to take you there. He's dealing with you in the present and he's dealing with the future, but he hasn't taken you there yet. And that was just like, oh, okay. So I don't know why it was the way she phrased it, but it just made something. It just, it made it, it was it was just a new thing to me. And so now I can look at that Matthew 6, um, 25 through 43 passage and say, yeah, if God is going to provide for the birds, he is going to provide for me because I am, and going back to my significance, I am worth so much more to him mm-hmm. than the birds. Mm-hmm. He died to save me, Maria, not, you know, a bird. Right, so right. that was just like, it kind of all coupled together. And I was like, oh, I was, so it just really, you know, when you're, tr- when you're thinking about things that are in the future, we know we can't control those. We can certainly make steps to, to uh, shape the way things happen. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, God is going to do what God does. And so we need to worry about what's presently happening and where he has us specifically. So that was a really cool thing that she shared with me. Uh, so that's powerful. You know, I think sometimes um, it's beautiful that um, sometimes we, we read a passage and, 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 and we see what it says, but we really can't we – don't, we don't think about the, the, the layer, you know, um, um, uh, underneath it that we really need to hear. And so we go to a counselor or we, ha- or we have a friend or, or whomever mm-hmm. who says, you know, that means – and you think, oh, my goodness, that's what it means. And so that's great, uh, this passage on worry that we read a lot. And it's a beautiful passage, but the person you're with took you to um, – uh, a different place with that passage, right. and explain that God's sovereign, sovereign, and and uh, you know your worries today uh, are 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 from the enemy because God's God's going to keep you where He wants you in the present. And there's also a great Jeremiah passage that you. Uh, that you wrote about. Talk about that one a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, and again, this might be one of those familiar passages, but it kind of, it, it couples so well with that. And it says, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I love that passage because I love that it says declares the Lord like the Lord is declaring this over you. He has a plan for you. He knows you by name to back to your point. You are accepted by him. You are forgiven. And all of these things like he loves you. 
he wants good for you. We know that if it's good, it comes from God and anything that's not good does not come from God. So so even when you're going through difficult, tough times, we can look back and see he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Nothing that God gives you is going to harm you. You can always trust in him. He gives you a way out in everything and mm-hmm. it's only through him that you can mm-hmm. do that. So I just, I, in the last part of that, it's to give you hope and for a future and that future is with him. And so it's for his kingdom. And it's kind of one of those things that you have to look at, like this is for God's kingdoms. Well, one of the things I think is so significant here uh, from this passage, and you've said this, God says, I know the plans I have for you. So he's sovereign overall. And he says, I know the plans I have for you and the plans I have for you are to prosper you and not to harm you. And I think when we read that and we're going through a really challenging time, we say, God, I don't know how that's true because this hurts, uh, this is difficult, this is challenging. And what we forget is God's using all those challenges, even anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. He's using all those things to build us, to grow us into the person that he needs us to be. So even you being here, even as difficult as anxiety has been, but you being here, I'm sure you would say, as difficult as it is, he has he has he has used that to make you a different person, to depend on him more, and to grow you uh, in certain ways that you couldn't if you hadn't gone through that difficult time. So God is sovereign overall. He 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 doesn't do anything to harm us. He does things uh, to to um, allow us to to grow and be stronger for that next step of the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that you know when you're in the middle of something as hard and and at times incapacitating anxiety can be, it is almost impossible to think that any of this, and and this would be with any situation, Mm -hmm. it's hard to see how this is going to be for good when you are dealing with so much pain. I, I mean, I just remember driving to work and I just I couldn't breathe. And I and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to go about my day? But then I would get to work and I would just kind of push through. And then when I had a moment alone, I, I might go into the bathroom and cry because it was an emotional release. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't really sad. I just didn't know how to handle what was happening. And I remember just praying like, God, take this away from me. Like, why am I not being faith? Like, how am I not being faithful enough? Will you show me? Will you show me? And one of the things that is kind of just now that I'm on a different place. And so and that's why I don't want to discount what someone's going through when they're going through it. It's hard to see the the light when you're when you're in that dark place. But if God wants to divinely intervene in these situations and just remove that um, anxiety or that that situation, he's going to. He absolutely will. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't always work like that. But that is just so true about how you grow. And I just think about our sanctification process and how, you know, you always draw um, the the sanctification processes. You know, it's not just the straight line going up. Mm-hmm. There's ups and downs. And sometimes when you're in what feels like a valley, it's because God is going to just skyrocket you up and just you're going to make so much more you know progress in that state, you know, of, mm-hmm. of sanctification. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but I, I think about um, how much I've grown in this and how I've been able to, in core groups, walk alongside women that have are, have dealt with anxiety or going through it. And it's just made me a great person to kind of be in someone's life while they're doing that. And the, the next thing that I would like, would, would want to encourage people to do is to don't, don't go it alone. Don't walk this mm-hmm. road by yourself. Yeah. Let's, let's think about that for a second, because you, you've said, put your identity in Christ and God is sovereign and, and both are true and God's using everything in our life to get us ready for the next step. 
there's someone out there listening and they're saying, okay, okay, I get it. I've heard that. I even know that in my heart. I mean, I know that in my mind, Yeah. but I can't get it to my heart. And so I think this next uh, step you say is so critical. Yeah. You need at some point when you can't, you know, we become our own worst counselor. Anytime when in scripture, when it says he thought to himself, <laughs> nothing good happens after that. And so you need someone else in your life. Talk about this aspect of not not going through this alone. Yeah. So I like I talked about earlier, my sister, she knew what was happening in my life and um, she gently encouraged me. Uh, and she was just so, so kind and so sweet in that in that moment. And um, uh, if anyone knows me and my sister, we can have very kind and sweet moments, but we can also be very <laughs> sisterly and and not so much. And, you know, especially when you're dealing with anxiety, you kind of don't like you're just wrapped into what's going on. Like I, sometimes I just didn't want to listen to her, but she was so kind to me in that. And another thing that was really helpful is I have a, a really close friend who I um, I'm in a core group with her and we, you know, so we're living life next to each mm-hmm. other. She has had not to the extreme that I've dealt with it, but she has dealt with some anxiety and has similar kind of triggers from her past that I do as well. And she just encouraged me to go to counseling. And so even when I wasn't, you know, listening to their advice, these were two people in my life that I could just talk to about it. Mm-hmm. And they would listen and they would gently encourage me. And then it was awesome because then once I finally did take that step and go to the doctor and go to get counseling, those two people continued to walk through that with me. And so that was just so wonderful um, to have those people around me. And um, uh, the the friend that I'm talking about, I mean, she just prayed for me constantly when I I, I would send her a text in the morning and just say, oh, I'm struggling with this or that. And she would write out a prayer to me. And that was just so encouraging. And that was something that I could look back on the rest of the day and I could pray it over myself and know that I had someone there Mm -hmm. also praying with me. So that was that was really neat. Um, But I just if you go it alone, I mean, you're going to that's just going to eat you alive. You have to we're supposed to be in community Mm -hmm. together. So. Someone's listening to this, you're listening to this, and you're going through a really, really difficult time. Uh, you you may uh, be in a situation where you're just barely making it through the day. You may be in a situation where you literally you can't get out of bed. You may be in a situation like uh, like Maria has talked about where while you're struggling inside, you're just plowing through. And our encouragement to you is don't do this alone. Please, please reach out uh, to, to someone to help. And you can email us. Maria, where, where, where could a person email us that we can, get you, we can get you to the next step? So you can email our caregiving pastor, Brad Ryan. So it's B-R-I-N-E at BibleChapel.org. And I will link this in the show notes. But we have a list of great counselors, uh, like Ron just said, and we would love to help connect you with one mm-hmm. of them. If you're, in a, if you're in a core group, you know, you could share it with someone in your group. If you have a friend, let them know. And also, uh, again, you can uh, email us. You can email Brad Ryan, who is our caregiving pastor, as, as Maria said, and, and that'll be in the uh, uh, show notes. And, and we just love, just 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 don't, you know, as difficult as it is, don't stay there. Um, reach out 
and and allow someone to begin to to help you. You know, we're all we we all there are times when we need someone just to walk with us. Ecclesiastes says, you know, um, two are better than one, uh, and, and it says, uh, pity the pity the person who falls and has no one to help him up. So so there's people here that would love uh, to help you up. So don't uh, don't don't go through this alone. You can't go through this alone. Um, make sure that you reach out to someone, and uh, and we'll help you to do that. So uh, put your identity in Christ. Here are some things that's been encouraging in your life. Putting your identity in Christ and, and really thinking about that as as to who you are in Christ. Um, God being sovereign over all, and he doesn't make mistakes, and he has your best interest at heart I'd always. Don't go it alone. Get someone to help you walk through this thing. And then the the, the last one is to, to meditate on God's Word. Talk about, as you've walked through this, Maria, for you, and again, granted, there's sometimes you, you know, you can't read, you just can't read God's Word. Some people are in a situation where that, uh, that depth, you know, they just can't read God's Word. But to get someone else to help you get to that point, to get someone else to walk with you, talk about the importance of, of, um, of meditating and reading on reading God's Word. Yeah, I, I totally agree. There are times when you can feel like nothing in here applies to me or that, that they don't know what I'm going through. Like, I understand that and I get that. And there are moments, too, that I think that it's important to just kind of push through in that and just keep reading the truth. Um, and this is coupled with everything else that we said here. You know, there's I, I like I said, I think that you can... Um, I think that God can take things away and he can give things when it's when it's in his will. Um, but there are things that I just I think that, you know, God wrote a book for us to read. And it is the history of what he has done with his people as he prepares for the Messiah. And the Messiah is here to save us. So I think that there are just there are great things that we can look at in God's word. And um, there's just I'll share a couple of verses with you. Exodus 14, 14 is my absolute hands down favorite verse. And it says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And so um, like Ron read uh, my description of anxiety, there is nothing still about not being able to breathe or feeling like you have a weight on your chest. Uh, you're foggy. You, you're wandering around. There is nothing still about that. But if you look at the context, too, of Exodus 14, 14, so the Israelites were ready to go into battle and they had everything that they needed, but they were still scared. And Moses, you know, reminds them that they just have to be still. The Lord is the one that is actually going to go into fight for them. It's not them. And so I think that, you know, while we can have um, all of the, the, the tools we think we have to, to overcome whatever is is in our path. At the end of the day, it's only God that's going to take us there. And so that being still kind of was just a reminder to stop and to think about who I am in Christ, what he's done for me, and how important I am for him, to him. I love that verse. And when you think about the context of that verse, the children of Israel have just been uh, freed from slavery in Egypt. They are standing before the Red Sea, unable to cross it, and the most powerful army in the history of the, uh, in the world at that time uh, is coming at them. So they can't go any further, and the Egyptian army is pursuing them. And then God says, uh, the Lord will fight for you. You only have to be still. And they're going to be thinking, what in the world? 
there's the water, there's the army. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to be still. And I love the next verse. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the people of Israel to move forward. So they were they were in a paralyzed state, and they were anxious. And God said, just depend on me and trust me, and let's move forward together. And then, of course, he opens the Red Sea and they go across. That's a great verse. Share a, a couple more. Yeah. So another one of my favorite verses, I'm just going to hang out in the Old Testament um, because I just think there's a lot of really great stuff there. Um, but Deuteronomy 31, 6 um, and 8. So um, this is um, the Deuteronomy 31, kind of the, the heading on that chapter is that um, Joshua is to succeed Moses. So that's kind of what's happening here. And um, in, uh, in verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And then verse 8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. So we just, I, I think that, you know, the context here is that, you know, Joshua is like not okay with, um, being in charge of the people now, not take, you know, taking them into the promised land. And, but think about it. I mean, God promised that they would have the promised land. That's why they call it that. And so we know back to Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. And then if you look at this, it's, it's the Lord that goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And I think that, so while we might not be asked to cross the Jordan into the promised land, what we are asked to do is whatever God has put before us, whatever these anxieties are, whatever is causing them, God knows what they are. And with him, however that journey looks, the way he takes you on there, he is never going to leave you. So as much as it hurts and as hard as it is to walk through this, know that you don't have to do it alone. Mm. And not just that you're not doing it alone because you've got people with you, but you have the Lord. He will not leave you or forsake you. It says it twice, just right there in two mm-hmm. verses. And how many other times? I don't know. Repeat it again in the New Testament. Yes. And so no matter how you're feeling, uh, and you may be feeling alone. I mean, there were times you read the Psalms and David felt alone. We've all felt alone. Just just know this truth. Just repeat this truth that God will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He always goes with you. And so even when you feel alone, know that as a believer— you're not alone, and take comfort in the fact that God right now, whatever you're feeling, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, God is with you. Read a, read one more passage. Okay, so— If you would. I would love to. <laughs> so, um, again, staying in the Old Testament, um, Psalm—actually, I'm going to share a couple. So Psalm 16, I think there's 16 verses or 11 verses in there. I would just—I love that. I love that chapter. I would— use that a lot as just in my morning prayer, because I think it just walks through a lot of things. But I'll actually, um, I'll let you guys look that one up. But I uh, will take you to Psalm 18. Um, verses one and two say, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And then just jump over to 16 and 17 in the same chapter. It says, he sent me from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued 
He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. And I just think, what are my enemies? It's my anxiety. It's it's this thing that's telling me that I'm not good enough. And who's going to rescue me when I can't handle it? It's God because he is my refuge and he is my rock and he is my salvation. And it's in him whom I take refuge. And I, I just love this. And I want to share just like kind of a shameless plug right now because in April of 2020, we're going to Israel. And mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to go to Israel this year or last year. And um, we were standing in, in Getty where David wrote many of the Psalms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we kind of had hiked up through the the rocks and the mountains. And, and it was so beautiful to then look across and, and see the Dead Sea. But I just remember just kind of trying to go off in the corner and think about how David felt writing some of these. And I don't know specifically if that's where he was when he wrote this, but, you know, he was running from the, the his enemies and, and, and from Saul. And so it's likely he could have been there. But it was just such an overwhelming, powerful thing to think about how God had actually done these things that David wrote about and mm -hmm. how I feel, you know, now that just being on the other side of, of this anxiety that I really suffered with a few years ago, um, I just, I can just truly tell you that he is, the Lord is your rock and he is your fortress and he is your deliverer. And that is whom you need to take refuge. And I just, it was just so, it was so mm -hmm. powerful to, to get to experience that. So Everyone, I'm going to plug the, the Israel, Israel trip, trip. Okay, because great. I think you should. But it was just it was something I've just never felt before. And um, that's cool. It was really neat. That's cool. So there are several other passages. We're going to put those in the in the podcast notes, right? Yes. And then we also uh, we've put together a book called Refuge Devotions for Finding Strength and Comfort. I think all of these are in there. There are other ones. I think there are 90 or so verses in there. Yeah. And we'd love to we, – we, this book is in the bookstore, but if you're going through this, we'd love to give it to you. So, Maria, how could they – how could someone um, request a, a, a refuge book that we could send to them? Yeah, just email me. So mstockman at biblechapel.org. Um, again, I'll link that. But that's actually – I'm glad that you brought that up because um, – we when we redid the refuge book, we kind of had given it a, a new look to it. And um, when you open up the book on the left hand page is the scripture verse that Ron references. And it's a short little devotional. And then on the right hand side is a page all for notes. And I journaled through I used that as a journal and I would just I, I use that every single day. And that is something that again, I love to like look back on it and, and read mm -hmm. it now um, and just see how where God has taken me. And so it's just at the end of the day, I, when, you know, when you're listening to this podcast, like I would just want you to walk away from this knowing that God loves you and that he has a way out for this and that there's help for you. And, and just don't don't do it by yourself. We're talking about anxiety, uh, a real issue among many believers, talking with Maria Stockman, who uh, has uh, written a great blog on this that we'll make available to you. Uh, she's been sharing her heart uh, with us today, uh, talking about the aspects that have the things that have that's uh, helped her as uh, she's gone through this journey. And Maria, uh, at the end of your a blog that you wrote, um, I'd like for you just to read that last paragraph. Uh, I think it's very powerful the way uh, you say about anxiety being very real and prevalent, and uh, your encouragement for people to to not go through the struggle alone. So read that last paragraph and then uh, and then we'll wrap this up. Sure. 
Anxiety is a very real and prevalent issue in our world, but you don't have to live with it alone. Reach out for help and surround yourself with people who love you. If anxiety is not a struggle for you, seek to be a sympathetic, understanding, and caring friend for those who do struggle. Above all, seek God and submit to his will for your life. Let his work take place in you, and he will make all things work together for good. Let his work take place in you, and he will make all things work together for good. That's powerful stuff. Thanks for doing this today. Thanks for talking about this. And one thing I'd ask you to do before we wrap this up is I'm going to ask you to uh, to pray uh, for um, a person listening. Just think of one person uh, who's listening, and uh, you're sitting with them right across a table. Um, if you're sitting with them, there's always going to be a cup of coffee there somewhere, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so um, you're sharing coffee with someone, and uh, just pray for that person and 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 ask God's blessing. Uh, on their life. I want this to be the last thing we do today, so I just want to say before that, appreciate you uh, listening today, and if you have any comments, be sure to send those comments along. Be sure to look at the show notes. Be sure to read these uh, passages. Uh, we'd love to again to give you that free uh, book, uh, Refuge, Devotions for Finding Strength and Comfort. You can email uh, M. Stockman. And again, Maria, I just want to I want to close today by uh, by you praying for that person that you're sitting across the table from. All right. Father, we just come before you and we acknowledge that you are sovereign, that you are the creator of all things, that all things that are good come from you. And Father, that your plan for us is way better than any plan um, or thought that we could have for ourselves. So God, I pray for the person who's struggling with anxiety and um, not sure what to do in the next steps. God, I pray that you would put it on their heart to to seek help, whether that be through a counselor um, or a counselor and a doctor. But first and foremost, Father, I pray that you would put someone in their life to to walk alongside with just a friend or a spiritual mentor. God, I pray that you would allow their heart to know that... Um, while this might be something that is a chemical imbalance or situational base, that you are the redeemer of all things, that you are good, that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for us, and that we are significant because of that. Father, I pray that that they would know that how important they are to you, that they would know that if they were the only person that you died for on the cross, that it would all be worth it, that that is how much they love you. And that is how important they are. Father, I pray that you would make the path um, to to get the help uh, easier than the path to anxiety and walking down that road that is just so rocky and difficult. Father, I pray first and foremost, though, that we would always feel the love that you have for us and that you would wrap your arms around those that are struggling with anxiety, Father. And I thank you for who you are and the, the things that you're doing in our lives. Even when it doesn't feel good, we know that you work things out for us because you have a plan to prosper us uh, and to not harm us and a plan to give us hope and a future. And Father, we love you, and it is in your Son, Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Fresh Faith. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take the time to rate and review. This helps us reach more people and share more stories of the life transformation of Jesus Christ. If you have any questions, don't forget to check out the show notes or email me, Maria, at mstockman at biblechapel.org. New episodes are released on Thursdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.
This episode was produced by Maria Stockman, mixed and edited by Simon James and Brian Plaster, music by Christy Stockdale, and cover art by Andrew Johnson. Special thanks to the Bible Chapel Media Services team for their hard work and great questions. 